Mature, Mature content. content. Listener discretion is advised. to TV and Tarot Talk, The Walking Dead Edition. This is episode two. In today's episode, we will be exploring the high priestess. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I am your host, Naya Thrice. And I'm Meg Watson. Thanks for tuning in. The aim of this podcast is to explore tarot in a chill, casual, and fun way through the lens of TV and pop culture. This series is rated mature and might not be suitable for those under the age of 17. Listener discretion is advised. As a reference, the tarot deck imagery we'll typically be referring to is the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. It is by far the most popular and easily accessible. And one more additional housekeeping item in the, the Walking Dead edition, we will only be covering the 22 major arcana cards in relation to the walking dead proper and we'll probably have a few bonus episodes or some extended ones we'll see how it goes um before moving on to another tv series and taking a deep dive into that one um this is a rewatch spanning the whole of the walking dead universe so spoilers ahead you have been warned spoiler alert spoiler alert warning all right now let's get into it what's on deck the high priestess all right let's get into some keywords so for our keywords we have insight intuition mysteries and secrets hidden knowledge revelation the subconscious higher power the divine feminine psychic powers the moon and its cycles, inner voice and vision, passivity and the wisdom gained from it, the ineffable, symbols and hidden truth, withdrawal, self-knowledge, and transformation. I love that word pile. (laughs) I go a little bit nuts on the keywords. I love keywords. Yeah, me too. I like word piles. I I just, you know, (laughs) uh, it's so good. Um, In other decks, she's also known as La Papes? Is it La Papes? I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, if my high school French serves me. <laughs> imagery from the Rider Waite Smith deck. The high priestess is draped in a light blue and and light blue and white garb that overflows down into wisdom and fluidity. The high priestess wears the crown of Isis, represented by the solar disc and cow horns. The hieroglyph for it means throne. Furthermore, there is an equal armed cross at her chest. The high priestess holds a partially hidden scroll of knowledge. On it, we can see the letters T-O-R-A or Torah and a first quarter crescent moon sits on the floor in front of her. The high priestess is sitting in front of a pomegranate and palm flower tapestry that guards the realms of men. Nope, wrong, wrong, wrong show, wrong show. No, the tapestry <laughs> fails knowledge and the temple behind it. And uh, the high priestess sits in between um, two pillars, the black pillar of Boaz and the white pillar of Jachin. I've never known. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Please, <laughs> if anybody's listening, please, I'm not trying to butcher it, I promise you. But There are some words you just only ever come across in writing. I only ever saw it. I never had to say it out loud. Yeah. Until just this moment. <laughs> so somebody please correct me. I'm not tr- I'm not trying to please, please enlighten me. Sure. I want to learn. Um, but respectively, uh, they mean severity and mercy. And uh, the Roman numeral two is also on the card. And astrological attributions is the moon. Uh, and the element is water. Let's get into our main points. Before we get into our points... Be forewarned for spoilers 
and trigger warning. Um, the trigger here is about domestic abuse in relation, obviously, to one of the characters. But if this is a sensitive topic for you, you might want to sign off um, and come meet us in the Empress Empress episode. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, Meg, you can go ahead and start with your first point for the High Priestess. Okay. Um, well, in the last episode, we talked a, a little bit about the maxims of magic. Um, there are four of them, to know, to will, to dare, and to keep silent. And for the high priestess, that is to keep silent. Mm. And for me, that immediately made me think of Alpha, the leader of the Whisperers. Mm. Um, they are a group of people who wear the skin of the walkers in order to hide among them. Um, basically pretending to be walkers and uh, communicating with each other and hurting um, the walkers in the direction that they want them to go in. And yeah, the, the way that they communicate within the herd is by whispering to each other. And it's this very spooky, did I really hear that kind of sound. Listen, <laughs> listen, I was, I remember how hyped I was when I thought that the virus was progressing. Mm -hmm. Just to turn around and find out it was the whisper. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, oh, finally, they're doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> we did get there by, the, by the, the very end. But not really. All they were trying to do was pin the fact that the, the Frank Darabont episodes the very first episodes where we get uh variant walkers yeah, some, they just yeah. wanted to they just want to put a pin in that that's it they didn't really no they <laughs> didn't go there they just didn't go there but it's uh i digress you guys i am so sorry i totally <laughs> took that alpha though um yes she i was trying to think about her as um she definitely came to me for for the high priestess in the context of this world and how the moon symbolism mm -hmm. there's symbolic things and then there's like actual things it is a barren you know mm -hmm. uh space orb it's a barren it's a barren you know object in space um it is a i mean it's a satellite and it does does have purpose but it's barren it's it doesn't hold any life right mm -hmm. um so it's interesting to me that Alpha, I can't remember because we have I haven't gotten that far yet. If Alpha refers to her horde like if they were her children, if she, oh, good, I haven't gotten there yet either. If she does, it's very apt for that barren part mm -hmm. of of um, concept. Because they're 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 walking corpses. I mean, yeah, it's it's so strange. Well, it's the the dark mother aspect of the divine feminine. Perfect. Um, in the way that she treats Lydia. Um, the when they're gathered outside of God, what is it? Uh, Hilltop. I think it's Hilltop. Um. But there's the baby crying, and she just looks over at the baby's mother, like, "Okay, you need to deal with this." That and was Hill, that was Hilltop, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and just expects this woman to let her child die because it's inconvenient. Yes, and the woman does, which because is... Alpha has that authority, that power. The laugh of the dead means to live in silence. The mother can't quiet the child, and the dead will. Natural selection. The the level of power that you would have to have over somebody to make them abandon their newborn crying child mm -hmm. is well, none of them have real names. All of the whispers either don't have names or they have, you know, alpha, beta, gamma. Yeah, but still, just instinct, just human instinct, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, I, I like I like the the term for Alpha as a, like dark mother. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That's really good. Yeah, and being in the horde and kind of understanding the the secrets of the dead, being behind the veil. It's poetry. <laughs> it is. It is. It's that's good. Yeah, and and the reason what makes her so dangerous is because you cannot tell just as she yeah, she just moves that herd. It's like her shield. Mm-hmm. Um and you you and don't really weapon. know what her motivations are. Yeah. Like the whole thing is just what is going through your mind. It's it's is it secret or is it ineffable? Yeah. And and also, like you said, the fact that they wear the mask avails their true identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that her mask is made from Hera, the previous leader of the Whispers. Like, this was not her group originally. She took over. Mm. And she used that woman's face as her mask. Creepy. So creepy. creepy. That's from yeah. Tales of the Walking Dead. So that's, you know. Not the main show. Right. But we we right. do talk about the whole universe. Yes, we are. We are. We are. No, that's um that's good. Man. Fucking alpha. <laughs> that's good. I really enjoyed D's story though in Tales. Yeah. Yeah. I really I really like that to get a um just a different nuanced perspective of uh of how she she senses the danger on the, the riverboat mm-hmm. before anybody else does. Yeah. And she tries to warn them and no one will listen to her. Mm-hmm. But that's what that's what kept her alive. I mean, what she's doing is not too different than putting the walker guts over yeah. everyone. But, you know. But to, to say I'm going to do that as like an everyday thing, you know, like this is how I'm going to live. Not just this is how I'm going to get from point A to point B. Yeah. I find it interesting. Well, no, I get it. It's kind of like like a leather coat. Um it you're you would smell the leather over the person mm-hmm. underneath it. So that's what the masks do. I was trying to logic myself into like how it <laughs> like, why are the dead it, falling for this <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i was trying to logic myself into how does it work but then you know it is a fantasy show so mm-hmm. i will suspend my disbelief <laughs> um i don't think i have anything else to add for for alpha in terms of the high priestess yeah that's that's about all i have okay um, following in that dark mother vein, we have Mary from Terminus, um, literally a devouring mother, if you will. Um, again, secrets behind the veil, um, bringing people in, but not telling them what's actually happening at Terminus. And the fact that the reason that they're doing what they're doing is a reaction to having had people come in and try to take over and really hurt her people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's reflecting back on that, but it's it's the same as the, the way that the moon reflects sunlight, that it's a different light. It's obscuring a little bit more. It's not that um, total vision and total ability to see all of, all of the things. It's a reflection back on it and um, through her emotions. Right. Yeah, Mary from Yeah, yeah. I got I felt bad I felt bad for that character a little bit like um when you get those when you get what happened previously. Yeah. You know, then you get like a like you said. Uh this so many so many other characters are brought back from that kind of situation, but once you bring cannibalism into it, it's like there is no difference between you and the dead. What is the point of yeah. continuing to work if you're just going to eat people? Oh no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I understand. I totally understand that piece. Um, that, uh, but just like you said, that I I don't know. I'm just loving the 
vocabulary you were bringing to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the dark mother, the devouring mother. I'm like, oh, man, who else? What's going on around here? <laughs> it's funny because I know I I don't usually associate the high priestess with motherhood. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the the divine feminine kind of split between the high priestess and the empress. So yeah. there's because I have. I mean, a, they both contain kind kind of some of that. Um, yeah, because I have a more of a cronish uh, idea, right? With mm-hmm. um, with the I'm sorry, with the high priestess, the mother with the empress, and then the maiden with the star. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of how I've siloed it out in my mind. Um, I do know, though, that there's plenty of layers and, and, and room for for it to exist, which is why I'm really loving what you're bringing to the table now, because I, <laughs> I didn't really think about it in those terms, mm-hmm. um, especially not with the uh, well, I, well, Alpha, I kind of knew I wanted her to be a part of the high priestess, but I just, I couldn't put, didn't put into words quite as eloquently. And um, I didn't even think about Mary. So (laughs) (laughs) my brain is now scanning. (laughs) (laughs) Who else? I mean, before we get into Carol, because. Yeah, because we have a lot to say about Carol. (laughs) Because all I have for high priestess is basically all Carol all the time. Um. What about, what about Deanna? I can totally see that. As a high priestess, she, the thing is, is her, her thing is not really about secrets. It is more about about transparency. It is more about, yeah, which could that be high priestess reverse transparency? Yeah. Yeah. The, the revealing of secrets. Mm-hmm. Because mostly I w- just, I guess it's more about the um, the knowledge that, or the wisdom that she has to share in terms of like develop developing Alexandria. Yeah. And like wanting to do like the crops over here and. Oh and- my God. And when she tells Rick that if she hadn't gotten reelected, she was going to become a professional poker player because she's that good at reading people. I love that. Yeah. And <laughs> that is the total intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the secrets that, I mean, to be a poker player. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was one of the, <laughs> I thought that was one of the, the best, uh, better lines for, for her. You're just like, oh, okay. So she could just walk up in a place and just read the room. Like, yep. oh, I see you, you know, <laughs> um, which is great. So at least in that aspect, um, I like Deanna for that. Yeah. And then she's around for, for a long time. Oh, Jadis has some good secrets. That's for sure. Jadis, Jadis, Jadis. <laughs> She's all over the place. She, yeah. Well, I, I have, I have Jadis for the Moon card. Ooh, I like that. Um, but it, but that tracks because, um, the High Priestess, uh, has also a crescent moon, mm-hmm. right? So, um, that tracks to bring up Jadis here. Yeah, she's definitely she's holding her cards close to the vest and and has lots of secrets that slowly become like revelationary. Reve- mm-hmm. like a revelation. <laughs> revelationary. Yeah. <laughs> that word. Um Yeah, when she reveals information, it's like important information. Yes, yes. Definitely that revelation aspect of um the secrets coming out. Dang, Jadis, you were so impactful. <laughs> Love it. And I also love that, um, what's her name? It's a, yeah, she's like a complete mystery. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I love Jadis. <laughs> I love, like, I love her and hate her. I went, when we first introduced her, I was so annoyed with, like. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, the, the apocalypse has not been that long ago. Why do you have this whole new language? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but that, you know, helps conceal things. Yeah, even even her even the the dump, 
Is that what it's properly called, the dump? I think so. I think they just refer to it as the dump. Um, all the garbage is specifically hiding. Like it's hiding a, heli- a helipad. Mm-hmm. And... She's got like a little room buried in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, Miss Jadis. <laughs> hmm. Okay. And then the whole A-B thing... I have an A. I have a B. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that one detail that as an audience member, you are like, what the <laughs> hell does an A mean? What, mean? what the hell does a B mean? What And Jadis is our character that if we go over to work, well, it's not necessarily, but she is where we're tracking everything, like how we get to find out this information. Mm-hmm. Um essentially, uh, by going over to World Beyond. And uh, uh, you need to, if you if you have not watched World Beyond, and that, that question is still bugging you, please go watch World Beyond. You have to. <laughs> it's only two seasons, and it's like two and done, like limited series. Just do it. Um, Same for Tales of the Walking Dead. Like there, uh, There's a lot of interesting nuance there from people you know and people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mhm. I loved I love Terry Crews in in his episode. Yes. So good. <laughs> and he's like a super fan too, so I could just imagine. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. I wanted to bring up Georgie. Oh yeah. Right, Georgie kind of pops in and then pops out, but what she pops in with is a book called a key to the future and offers that up in exchange for music which is also a whole like music is a vibe mm-hmm. and i associate i associate that with even though you listen to it's about your like the feeling of it and whatever mm-hmm. so anyways um now even though in the rider wait smith deck the high priestess is holding a scroll um in most of the marseille style decks She's holding a book. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's closed and sometimes it's opened. Depending on the maker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what made me think about Georgie. Um, yeah. Because um, that book is important to redeveloping or continuing to maintain the communities in a post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. And she just pops in and pops out and... It's just real quick, dropping some knowledge. <laughs> I think we only see her in that one episode. Yeah, I think it's just that one episode. But that does feel like a an important moment. It is because... Yeah. Um, From there, they end up going to get the plow at yes, the museum. Yes. We're right in alignment with our with a train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that's it. I mean, we haven't gotten... Uh, I don't have any additional details from that, but yes, it it helps them to maintain everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, so are you ready to get into talking about Carol in conjunction with the High Priestess? Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, here we go. At the meeting, you say you were worried about someone being abused, and no one was doing anything about it. You say you took a gun just to be sure that Jesse was safe from a man who wound up attacking you. You say you'll do whatever you want them to. Just tell them a story that they want to hear. That's what I've been doing since I got here. Why? Because these people are children and children like stories. So first off, I have a quote from 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollack, which if you have not read, absolutely freaking read it, please. It is so good. Um, She says about the high priestess, people often link passive with negative or that is inferior and weak, but passivity contains its own power. It gives the mind a chance to work. And Carol, as an abuse survivor, has spent a lot of time not acting. She spends probably the first couple of seasons being very passive, letting other people take care of things for her, um, not really wanting to make big decisions not wanting to even carry a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the 
common things with abuse survivors is the ability to learn to anticipate and read their abuser. Mm-hmm. It's um, a kind of intuition that is born of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she has that down and it teaches her to read everybody else. And when we when she gets to when they get to Alexandria, she can sense without really knowing why and being able to put it into words that Jesse is being beaten by her husband. Mm-hmm. She understands the situation and can very easily see it. Um, and she's the one who tells Rick about it. Yes, she does. I believe that later on in maybe season 10 or 11, there's also another moment where Carol peeps the abuse that's happening with Hornsby. Yes, yes. And we're cued in as the audience that she's aware of that. Like she's keenly, keenly aware of those things that are going on around her. Mm-hmm. With uh, Carol, she has, um, so playing on the moon, uh, having different phases. Mm, very um, much so. I think that Carol's character is not the only one, but one of the characters that has the most wide range of character mm-hmm. growth. Uh, growth changes, ebbs and flows. Um, sometimes you just don't know what face she's putting on. Quote yeah. face. Um, yeah. And uh, and that's very rem- like I, it just makes me think of like a lunar eclipse, mm-hmm. and you could just see all the phases happening. Like it's kind of it's cool to watch, but it takes forever to watch. But it's I've done it once in my life. I can say I watched a lunar eclipse and it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting night. Uh, but yeah, she. Um, and yeah, then, there's that, go ahead. that scene when the wolves are attacking Alexandria mm-hmm. and she finds Olivia in the closet and Olivia is like, she's got the, um, the wolf's outfit on. Yes. And Olivia is like, please don't kill me. And she pulls the, the mask down and it's like, that was definitely not who you were expecting to see. Right. right. <laughs> um, there's also, Carol's just such a good representation in all kinds of ways. So when she's and, in- and the fact that Morgan is the only one who recognizes that right off the bat, that he's like, what's your deal? Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's like, I know how that goes. So uh-huh. I see it. Yeah, yeah. I love when they're in Alexandria and Carol tells Rick um, that she, li- I think, something along the lines of she likes being there. And he's like, why? She said. Oh, she's like, I can be invisible again. I can be invisible again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, a, you know, being veiled or whatever. And mm-hmm. again, being able to read the room and engage how these people are. This is why she does this the Susie Homemaker kind of deal because yeah. she's like, these people have been behind the wall the whole time. This is old normal society. There's pecking orders for who's making the best casserole, things like this. Yeah. That she already is like, I'm gonna key in over here while you guys do everything else, you know. <laughs> Effectively protecting the veil between what these people know and the actual truth. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Her teaching the kids to use the weapons at the prison. Like, during story time. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Season four, episode one. She teaches those kids. Um, I like it because the book, again, that symbol comes back up. Yeah. Um, Story time. It is. It's a a cover-up. Mm-hmm. For for teaching them self defense courses without on the sly <laughs> without parental approval on the sly yeah totally on the sly it's so hysterical and she wants Rick I'm sorry uh she wants Carl to keep the secret that she's yeah. doing that yeah even though Rick is not in charge he's not um he like he's trying to be the farmer at that point. Yeah, but she still just doesn't want Carl to tell really anybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's more pointed towards Rick, but um 
Oh, Carol. In, in season four, as a matter of fact, Carol's arc really gets going around season four. Mm-hmm. That's when we get we get Carol in a in a rare form, um, because she also she also uh, kills Karen and David, mm-hmm. and trying to protect the rest of the uh, the people living at the prison. This is fair. It's not that. Yeah, it wasn't. She, it's not. She, it, she did what she thought was right at the time. She makes very. She makes similar decisions uh, in different situations, mm-hmm. but always for the good of her people. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's, you know, nurturing or destructing. The, yes, because Carol Rowe. Um, <laughs> and so she does that, but she also keeps that kind of a secret. So while Tyrese is mm-hmm. having, like, a very honest reaction about, you know, um, Karen, you know, being dead and everything she she's standing there it's rick daryl tyrese and carol he's freaking out they're like kind of like arguing and trying to like get a grip on what's going on and Uh she's just standing there not saying a damn thing yeah (laughs) and um i'm like you know that could have been your opportunity but but because she was a previous, uh, have you know, dealing with domestic violence, Tyrese was in rare form. Yeah. You know, and Rick, at that point, he is almost like a live wire. Like, he could snap at any second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think Carol was, was coasting on, on, on the safer course in that particular moment. Um, but I just remember watching that scene and going she but she's standing right there watching this all go down but it, it's also good because if tyrese had known he wouldn't have ended up with her and judith and uh lizzie and mika mm-hmm. like that whole thing wouldn't have happened and him seeing lizzie's i don't even know what to call that um her slide um when she kills Mika and is about to kill Judith and understanding that she cannot be around people. She cannot be out on her own. This is really the only option. And that Carol is like, I will do it because I can and you can't. And understanding, oh, that's exactly what she was thinking at the prison. Like he's able to understand her decision a little bit better. I killed Karen. I had to stop the illness from breaking out. I had to stop other people from dying. It wasn't Lizzie. It wasn't a stranger. Teresa was me. Do what you have to do. I forgive you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then the fact that they agree not to talk about what happened. Yeah. They want to keep that to themselves because it's just too hard to talk about. Sure, sure. Uh, So that's a secret that she's holding with her. Mm -hmm. Right, throughout the the remainder of the of the show and uh she loses tyrese so even if they did want to talk about it the only other person she could have talked about it with is no longer around yeah um there's um so you talked about the dark mother aspect with alpha and Mm. i'm not sure what i would i I kind of have something like that for Carol, though. But maybe it's just maybe more nuanced because we've been with her longer and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, she... Although, so her interactions with Sam, the way that she's like, you are weak and you will not survive out there. Yeah, because I, I, I kind of even wanted to bring it back a little bit. She, her interaction with children throughout the series is mm-hmm. quite... Mm-hmm a unique journey and it's 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 
they're the again that barrenness, that loss, yeah. that uh, the way things are handled. Um, it really, I notice, kind of centralizes on Carol. Like, um, we have Sophia running away. She loses Sophia. Her, basically, Carol and losing children is a big deal. Yeah. And it's super emotional for her. And it's such different circumstances yes, every time. every single time. Um, then she trains to be a midwife by mm-hmm. using walkers as cadavers to practice. Yeah. But she never actually delivers Lori's baby. Yeah, Maggie does. Maggie does. So you so you have Carol <laughs> essentially giving C-sections to the dead. <laughs> which yeah, is talking about Baron. <laughs> which is which is Baron. Right, exactly. Um it was just something I picked up on and I was like, wow, this is Mm-hmm. How very interesting. Right then after that, like you said, we get uh, Lizzie and Mika and that whole circumstance, um, which is, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's a hard. I don't even want to talk about the Grove, man. You know, <laughs> um, but she ultimately loses uh, Mika and um, and Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she cared for those girls. She did take care of them as best as she could and stuff like that. And Oh, at one point she refers to them as her kids. Yeah. Um, and she's trying to teach them. Um, oh, man. Right. Uh, so she reads the books to the children. And so she's teaching the kids to defend themselves because she doesn't want what happened to Sophia to happen to them. Then she, like... And then she kind of, when she gets into Alexandria, she tells, um, she tells Deanna that she became like the den mother yeah. of the group, which is, I mean, I guess. It's not a total lie. It's not a total, it's not a total <laughs> lie because she goes on a, I say a killing spree, but she, which, when she goes boom at Terminus, she mm-hmm. saves everybody. And mm-hmm. Rick says, we're going to join you. If you'll yeah. have us. Yeah. And I think at that point, it's like, you know, I mean, they all love each other anyways. Yeah. But, but it feels like you know, she she will do whatever she has to do to protect them. And if she got to, she doesn't like doing it. But you can't tell sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Like her instinct to get the job done is just. Is it's, there it's that extreme protection, like yeah. at all costs? Yeah, but like the whole like uh, killing folks to protect in mm-hmm. the circumstances um, is a like a form of barrenness. It's it's mm-hmm. you know, I don't yeah, I don't know, Carol, Carol. There, there's so many. She's so nuanced. Yeah, she's so nuanced. Um, I mean, we could probably find something for every card for Carol. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and there's also one more symbol that I, I have. Uh, you might have this in your notes, too. But I just love that Ezekiel <laughs> offers a pomegranate to yes. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> that put that does it for me. I'm like, <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. Carol, Carol is the high priestess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but c- continuing on with the with the kids or the children, she Henry. Yep. I mean, she does her best to protect Judith. She's you know her and it's weird because her and Carl don't really interact that often. I mean, early on when he's when they're looking for Sophia, Sophia I, I think she she realized during all of that that no, he's fine. He can, Carl can take care of himself. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, she he has Rick and he's teaching him and everything is. Yeah, I guess you're right. He because she treats him more like an adult than a child mm-hmm. because of all that they've been through together. And that, yeah, I think he grows up very quickly. He does, and I think that that for her. As long as he's aware of the circumstances and doing what he has to do, she doesn't have to 
I mean, she'll look out for him, but she doesn't have to like worry about teaching him how to survive in the world. Yeah. That's not her. Yeah. Okay. It it might be the fact that not only did his mom die, but he's the one who made sure she didn't come back. Oh, yeah. So they have that in common of like, I have done the hard thing with somebody that I love. Facts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. And then, yeah, and then we move on to her with Henry, like you said. Which is another one, like, he should be able to take care of himself. He's older. He's um, gotten some of that training and knowledge and understands the world that they're in. So a little bit less hands-on, but definitely more motherly than with Carl. Yeah, because she has her time at the kingdom and she's hang- – like she lets her hair grow mm-hmm. because she feels safe. That's something else that um, yeah. we we don't mention is that she keeps her hair sh- – when we meet her, her hair is short. And it's all the way short. Um, yeah. And she explains uh, – she explains that, uh, you know, so, so, so it's a protect, protect herself so that people can't pull her hair. So when mm-hmm. she does feel safe, when she's with Ezekiel and Henry, we have the visual cue that, you know, he, like you said, Henry's taking care of himself or he can't take care of himself. Mm-hmm. Then he meets Lydia and the whispers and Damn it, Alpha. Oh, my God. And that becomes like, I don't even know how to put this into words. I can just feel the everything that is going through with Carol, you know, at that point. Mm -hmm. Because this wasn't, this was Carol... The Whisperers bring a whole different dynamic to what everybody is accustomed to in terms of safety and protection and um, how things happen. So for Alpha to do what Alpha didn't just infiltrate like that. She was very intentional about what she did. She knew exactly who those people were that she. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And that just that just that just broke Carol. Oh, my God. And Daryl was there for that one, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sophia was killed by walkers. Lizzie killed Mika, but it wasn't entirely her fault. Like, as Mika said, she's messed up. Yeah. So it's all, it's not something that was intentionally done to those kids. Right. You know? Right. Um, Whereas this was very much like, I'm doing this for the purposes of hurting you. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes Alpha... Alpha is very insidious. Yes. And I think that could be a keyword that we could use for the high priestess card if it maybe comes up reverse or if we're talking about a darker aspect mm, yeah. of, of the higher insidiousness. Oh, my God. Yeah, Alpha is. And that and the thing is, is you have Carol doing insidious, slightly insidious things throughout or not insidious because she's not being evilly intended she kills somebody straight up it's not like you know except but but she's resourceful and she puts on the different faces whereas alpha has one face that she puts on and her Mm -hmm. motive is insidious um she gets there she gets the information and finds out who's who oh she does show up at the fair in disguise yes oh yeah Exactly. But she yeah. goes in and she's able to, but her, mo- again, her motive is insidious that she's able to infiltrate. Oh, oh sure. my God. And so the, the, the fact that Carol can't, can't get her, like the fact that Carol can't handle Alpha just mm-hmm. outright, oh, you could just feel how much that pisses her off. Yeah. You can just feel it. And so my heart, oh my God, my heart broke when listen this oh, yeah when they're when they're revealing that on the spikes oh god and um the that spike scene they did kind of beat for beat like the comic book oh nice yeah they did it beat for beat like the comic like you have somebody asking about um such and such at the mm-hmm. fair or yeah at the gathering 
hey, where's such and such? Have you seen such and such? And then it cuts to that person on the spike. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Different people in the graphic novel versus the show, but the same beats. Yeah. I think that I like, uh, they did that very well. Yeah. Transferring that. Anyways, a little digression there. Um, I am talking so much. (laughs) There's a lot to say about the high breezes. (sighs) Yeah. Carol, yeah, so so she loses Henry, like that that the thing. And then she kind of unintentionally adopts Lydia. And I don't even think it's an it's not really an adoption. It's that she has this unique relationship with Lydia where the way Lydia kind of handles the world I mean this is my opinion anyways um how she approaches the world she's different just like Carol is different Mm -hmm. and so there's something unique about them under eventually understanding that about each other and embracing Mm -hmm. it and Lydia like saves Carol when they're trying to get the walkers off the cliff or whatever Mm, yeah you know and um well and it's Lydia is another abuse survivor. So it's that yes. oh, understanding yeah. each other. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's true. That's why Daryl could read her as well. Yep. Because Daryl was also uh, as a child, right? Yep. So um, again, it's not like she's saying Lydia's my stepdaughter or anything like that. They're just friends. Like they, beca- they just have a unique yeah. friendship. But I think the fact that Carol doesn't view her, I don't know, after that point, it's almost like when Carol considers children hers, bad things happen. Yeah. So not staking any kind of a claim or labeling anything with Lydia is maybe something that makes her feel safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that maybe the circumstances might be safer yeah. In that context. She also tries to keep distance between herself and Sam because he's consistently trying to hang out with her, trying to talk to her. And she's like, no. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of, for, I don't know why. For You mentioned it a thousand times and I like completely like skimmed over that. Yes. <laughs> Carol, Carol and Sam's uh, little. But she, she does not want to have that relationship. And I think it's because she sees weakness in him and she's afraid of that happening again yeah i think it it ends up happening again yeah i think she didn't want to get emotionally attached she just finished not too long ago losing not only not only did she lose lizzie and micah but then beth and yeah um which was the basically the youngest one of the group and she and daryl have a great talk about beth too where she says she saved you didn't she she saved me too yeah. Yeah. And just that, like, because that's that was when um, Carol was still in that place of um, not wanting to have connection with kids mm-hmm. and feeling like that that nurturing energy was not something that she wanted to Embrace. nurture within herself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her relationship, yeah, her relationship with the children is just, it's so... Wild. complex <laughs> it's wildly complex and wildly when she wants to remove herself uh like when she goes to that little house mm-hmm. and she's just like i can't i can't yeah she just the emotional birth i mean and every character is go has lost people and is going through this like shared trauma of this world but mm-hmm. I think for her in particular, it's the kids that yeah. is is like crippling to to her, and she just needs to step back because at the um like she protects Maggie or little Herschel when what, Maggie when she's pregnant mm-hmm. when they get captured by yeah the saviors and I she just doesn't want to have to kill these women mm-hmm. but they took us that one chick took a swipe at maggie's belly and that was a mistake 
and and did not know who they were messing with. No, they didn't. And so it's the reverse of trying to like prepare to deliver a baby for Lori versus protecting by by destruction the baby from an outside in like an outside uh danger. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because I, my notes only got me so far. Oh, th- there's this moment too when um Axel confesses his secrets about why he was really locked up and he 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 only tells Carol. Oh yeah. People and and Carol knows Daryl's secret about him being an abuse survivor. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody else in the group really knows that. Yeah. If they do, um, it was off Beth does. He, t- he talks to Beth about it. Oh well, yeah, she, yeah, she, she does. But uh, but she she dies fairly shortly after that, right? Like before she has a chance to talk to anybody else about it, right? Exactly. Secrets, secrets, and more secrets. <laughs> I mean, if we talked about every, if we tried to talk about every secret, though, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think how else. Uh, when I sat back, I'm trying to think how else Carol could uh embody the high priestess. I mean, the the sitting between severity and mercy. That that's like. That's just those two words and put Melissa McBride's face as Carol sitting with in between those two words is exactly that. Yes. Severity and mercy. Uh, That is it's it's poetic. It's his poetry emotion like it's tragic, but but it is poetic. That is Carol in a nutshell. Yes. I think we can wrap that there. Yeah. Okay. I do not have any other notes. Neither do I. (laughs) Okay. We did it. Yay. Okay. Card specific question. Discussion questions for you listeners out there. What other symbols or hidden truths have you found uh, in the show that we maybe not have mentioned? Please share with us. Uh, you can send us an email at podcasttownerds at gmail.com or participate in our discussion post. And we are working on an audio option for feedback as well. We, As we know more, we will let you know. Um, and if there's any other insights that, you know, we may have missed uh, in terms of the high priestess, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when we've uploaded a new episode uh, we could be found on any podcatcher that you have. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. Additional information on this episode can be found on our website, TowerNerds.com, in case you want a quick reference to the topics that have been discussed. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Next episode, we will be discussing The Empress. We hope that you have found this episode insightful and fun. And uh, thank you for listening to TV and Tarot Talk. No matter where you are, don't forget to take some time out of your week to chill, chill chat, and tarot. and tarot. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace. Discussion questions, you guys. Uh, discussion question questions. Questionionions. <laughs>